Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 71. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Vining. And this week we're back. Took a week Woo! off last week. Yes. But Chris, we have some great stuff today. We have a resource of some free software that we can tell folks about. We are going to try to answer some questions and talk a little bit about news. And of course, we always like to start off each episode with what's going on in the world of Mac. So where do you want to begin with that? The first, well, let's talk about, since uh, this was announced on Wednesday of last week, let's talk about Apple's second quarter results. Okay. And uh, everybody, you know, the street.com and all the analysts were saying that this was going to be an awful quarter for Apple just because, you know, the down market. And Apple really is kind of bo- a, a boutique computer manufacturer. You know, they're the BMW of, of, of computers. They make expensive, you know, pieces of hardware. Everything they make is a little, cost a little bit more than, you know, you can't go down to <clears throat> Walmart and get a $300 uh, Mac netbook, which would be sweet, but you just can't do it. Right. But, uh, Profit was uh, it blew everybody away. Uh, profit was uh, one point two billion for a grand total of eight point one six billion in revenue, and it was the the best second quarter that Apple has ever had. Now, with that being said, um, some of the Mac sales were a little soft and, and stuff like that. But uh, you know, the iPod Touch and the i the iPhone and all that stuff were up and kind of made up for the little bit of a deficit that the Max had but you know the Max also they also got all refreshed this quarter too so we could see just a little lag based on people not wanting to buy until they got refreshed excellent so that that's good to hear that Apple is still profitable and in even in this economy they're they're making quality products that of course um are I think you know maybe not recession proof but definitely are providing a need and and with with all the viruses and stuff and all the scares that are out there mm-hmm. um having having the mac that's not as susceptible to uh 99.9999% of all the viruses and spyware and malware that's out there uh having a mac even though it's more expensive uh sometimes can be less frustrating and at least a little bit more easy to sleep at night when it when you're out there hearing about configure and all that other stuff yeah, and it also doesn't hurt that Apple is a, a zero-debt company. They have no debt whatsoever, which is a huge thing. Plus, they've got you know $20 billion or so in the bank just not doing anything, just kind of sitting there gaining interest and things like that. So it, it's, it's really good that the company's making money, but this company is fine economically. I don't think they're – even if their sales were down a little bit, it's not going to take much of a hit for, from them from you know uh, a company health, health issues. So – yeah, things are looking good. Now, did you say twenty billion or twenty million? Billion with a B. A billion. With, can you imagine twenty billion in the bank? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish tw- GSPN.TV had twenty billion in the bank. That'd be nice. Heck, heck yeah, man! I would. I would expect a paycheck. You bet. You better believe it, man. I tri- <laughs> I triple what you're. I'm paying you now. Woo! <laughs> Seriously though, uh, that would be nice. All right, what else do we have? Anything else in the world of news? Sure, a little rumor action on the uh, Verizon slash iPhone front. This comes from the uh, unauthorized Apple weblog, TUAW.com. Sources close to discussions are confirming on ongoing uh, 
you know, talks between Apple and Verizon on the topic of bringing everyone's favorite smartphone to America's most popular cell carrier. The big, the big issue with it right now is that Verizon is, is on a, a carrier signal called uh, CDMA, I believe is what it's called. Yep. Or, and it's not compatible with what the iPhone uses, which is GSM. And Apple originally, according to, there was an article a long time ago in Wired kind of about the iPhone and the history of it and stuff like that. And the first, the first company that Apple did go to was Verizon, and Verizon turned them down saying they didn't want to be, quote, dumb pipes. You know, they wanted to sell their services and stuff like that. They just didn't want to provide an IP address for the iPhone. So Apple went to AT&T, and it was kind of a good strategy because GSM is what the world uses. If you go to yes. Europe, if you go to Japan, no one's using CDMA. They're all using GSM. So, you know, Apple got actually kind of made out with that because they only had to make one version of the phone. Right. Whereas, you know, if you get BlackBerry and stuff like that, there's the CDMA version, there's the GSM version, this, that, and the other. You know, there's the IDEN, which is the old uh, Sprint uh, Nextel band. So Apple got away with, with cutting costs by only releasing the, G- the GSM version. But, you know, who knows? Money talks. And if, if Verizon, re- you know, Verizon's losing customers to AT&T, if they really want to get back into the game, you know, I'm sorry, but the BlackBerry Storm's not going to cut it. No doubt. Well, that, that's exciting. So you think that, that if that happens, we're definitely looking at bringing on board a CDMA carrier phone. Well, I think, I think the, the, the thing that's going to happen is Verizon's already talked about this new G4 spec that they're working on. And I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I think it's C... There's someone in the chat room that knows, and I, I know he'll... There you go, G4 LTE which is a super high-speed wireless. This is really what WiMAX was kind of promising to be for the longest time. And Verizon's saying, hey, we're going to support this. This is going to be the, our new standard. And really what, what they're probably going to do is not make a CDMA iPhone. They're probably going to wait until this LTE format comes out, which is really based on GSM anyway. Okay. And probably release the iPhone with that, and it's going to be like super fast data. I mean, we're talking... You know, faster than any broadband that you can buy here, you know, from your cable provider or from, um, you know, your DSL and stuff like that. It's going to be wireless. So this is going to be the, the next big thing, uh, you know, in, in wireless service. And if, if Apple can come to that, which, you know, it doesn't surprise me. They're going to be the, you know, they were first to support USB. They were first to support FireWire. They were, you know, they're first to support um, DisplayPort. You know, these are, these are eventually become standards. And, if they if they put their their stake in the ground and say we're going to support G four LTE, you know everybody else will come come in line, which is good for us. Very you know, very having, cool. Having choice is a good thing. You know I I hate that I'm tied to AT and T because you know they charge quite a bit for their data. I would love to you know have this on a T Mobile that charges half of what AT and T charges for data. You know or or two thirds or whatever. Is it, it really that much difference between TDMA I, and and AT and T? Seriously. For unlimited data, I mean, because we don't have any caps and and stuff like that. Yeah, I think T-Mobile is a little different on price. I think it's like tw- maybe ten, ten to fifteen bucks cheaper. I think. Don't quote me on that, yeah. but you know, but I have to be honest. AT and T, at least in the Cincinnati area, AT and T's three G coverage is incredible. I've I've been blown away how good it, how good it is. Yeah, I I, I you know I I probably could see getting upset with AT and T if I lived in an area that did not have as great a 3G coverage as we do. If, if I was paying, you know, the amount that I'm paying now and I was on edge most of the time, I think I'd be a little upset. Oh, yeah. If I was paying 30 bucks a month for edge, I would, I would probably, you know, 
I, I don't know what I'd do. I'd, I would do something violent and not cool. But no, <laughs> I, and it's funny, you know, when I was back before I got my 3G iPhone, you know, I was saying, ah, Edge is good enough, Edge is good enough. And now that I've gone to 3G, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I've used Edge, where uh, it, it, my band practices, it, all I can get is Edge. <laughs> And it's 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 kind of painful when when you have to go back to that. It's like going back to dial up after getting a cable modem. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a lot more that you can do when you have the 3G as well, such as uh, better streaming of of content. A lot of these applications today are syncing with servers, uh, data between servers, and yeah, it it just it it is very nice to have it. So that's good to hear. Uh, of course, we just want to remind people uh, with Verizon, this is just a rumor at this point. There's really nothing substantiated that we know of, but yeah. uh, it, it, it's always good to think about that kind of stuff. So, and you know, Verizon could just say, "Hey, we want the Palm Pre after Sprint has its, you know, exclusive edit." Ex- what's the word I'm looking for? Exclusivity. Ex- Thank you. You're welcome. You are a radio professional. No, <laughs> I don't know about they, that. After they have you know that with with Sprint, and I, I really think that's going to be you know a contender for the iPhone uh, down the line. Maybe not right off at, off the bat because there are, we're we're starting to find out there's a couple things that you can't do uh, with the WebOS software on the Palm that you can do with the new 3.0 software, and one of them is cutting and pasting from um, the uh, web browser. I think is what I read. Right. So, and I've been—I I don't know if I tell, told you this because I haven't—I didn't talk to you, but I am running the iPhone 3.0 beta software. And how is it? Um, since I'm not really bound by any non-disclosure agreement, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you it's awesome. Tell, tell us about it. T- tell us what you found. All the different features, functionalities. How's it uh, working? Give I haven't had—I haven't had a chance to 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 get the little. There's a little file, a little carrier update file you got to get uh, if you're savvy to do the tethering and I haven't had a chance to do that yet but copy and paste is really really good uh, the software is beta I've had it lock up on me maybe a handful of times or an app you know just kind of hung and um, one of the other issues I had is on the keypad sometimes the, the call button doesn't appear <laughs> like everything's shifted down so it's those little things it's obviously beta uh, we'll probably see another beta build here. I would think by the end of the week we'll see beta three. This is beta two, and what's really really cool, the thing that I've really liked about it, besides copy and paste, which I've used sparingly, but when I've had it, it's really nice to copy things from like Safari, in the in the Tweety or something like that. Um, what I really like about it is the global search for the iPhone. Oh, so if man, I'm, I'm, a piece. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. So if I'm looking for something, I just slide to the uh, to the left, or I'm sorry, slide to the right. And I just start typing, and if I typed out, you know, C, I would see my name, I would see your name, I would see any application that starts with C. I'd see. Uh, you can also search an email now, which is awesome. Um, yeah, it's just really, really good. It, it once everybody has a chance to use it, it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm loving it so far. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and and um, yeah, I'm pretty much I I just can't wait. Hey, I, I have something for you. I, I wanted to play some new advertisements in the show here. And, of course, they're not sponsored ads for Help I Got a Mac. Uh, we still ask everybody out there uh, who are who's listening on the live stream, please become a gspn.tv plus member. Support this content. Uh, but anyway, and, and for those of you who are plus members, thank you. Uh, but anyway, we do have some advertising I want to play. Um, the, we're going to play some Apple ads because we haven't heard from the old Mac versus PC uh, advertising crew in quite some time, but mm-hmm. we do have some new ones. Have you seen all four of them? Sure, so, I have. Yes. 
So let, let's go ahead and play those and listen to the biohazard suit. And uh, this is this is very timely, timely, especially uh, in lieu of all the things being talked about with the convict. Con, what is it? Conficker? Conficker. Conficker. So so here's the biohazard suit. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Hey, PC, what's with the suit? What? what what's with the biohazard suit? Oh, the biohazard suit? Yeah. There's this major new PC virus that's on the loose. Yeah, I heard about that. It's scary. PC viruses and malware have tripled in the past year. Some estimates put it 20,000 new ones are discovered every day. If you're lucky, you don't have to deal with this stuff, Mac. What about you? What, are you going to live in this suit forever? What? I said, are you going to live in that suit forever? I couldn't hear you through my virus-proof mask. Well. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. The next one we're going to play is Time Traveler. And, of course, uh, this is where everybody keeps saying they're going to fix all the problems with Vista. And uh, PC is going to travel Mac into the and future. I'm a PC and I'm headed to the future. What? The future? Really? Yes, Mac. Throughout human history, PCs have had to deal with freezing, crashing, error messages. I need to know if we're ever going to work the way we should. So I'm going to the year 2150. Wow, that's amazing. Well, good luck. I hope it works. Greetings, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Future PC. Have they figured out how to fix our issues? Have they figured out how to make us as stable and as hassle-free as a Mac? Future PC just froze. Uh, (laughs) That answers that question. I love it. These guys are genius. Are you still with me, Chris? Oh, no. Did we lose Chris? Hello, Chris. I accidentally hit my mute button. I apologize. I leaned up against it. <laughs> I thought you were using um, a PC or something. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny when, when you contrast the Mac PC ads versus those new Cliff's got Cliff wants to get a computer that's super powerful and awesome for a thousand bucks. Well, I've got Exactly. I, I've got an email. It says, this is from K- Chris K. He says, hey, guys, I'm curious as to what you both think about the new PC. You buy it, you keep it ads. Well, here's what's funny. Every time they go to the Mac, they're like, these are sexy. These are nice. These are awesome. But they're too expensive, which, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, for some people, yeah, they're too expensive. Uh, but they're telling people what we, what we know and they're reaffirming it that the Macs are cool. Just on the face, just just sheer shallowness of it the Macs are cool yeah the, I, I would say i agree with that statement in fact i'm gonna pull see if i can pull up youtube.com i want to see if i can pull up one of them because um there is one that and it, it's absolutely incorrect uh let's see what would what did he we call? oh it's the one it's the one guy where he says that the did you, you want to find or do we just say it real quick you, you go ahead and you just say it where he says that uh the mac's nice and stuff but it's not really focused on power yes Oh man, that one that one sent me zero to uh, peed off in like two seconds. Yeah, they're they're all about nice design and everything, but they but when it comes to power, they just don't have what it takes. I'm sorry, who who was the first uh, machine to use the brand new Intel and the Halem processor a month before anybody else? Oh, they, yeah, Apple. Yeah, and well, the thing is, is that when you get a when you get into a MacBook Pro, you are talking about a machine that is a full editing suite. I mean, th- th- this thing's a—it's a power—it's a, power, a power machine. It—it's it, it, awesome. It is. It is. Yeah, I'm using the same processor that's in a lot of desktops. You know, a lot of the Dell gaming machines. You know, that are the same price as the MacBook Pro. Sometimes more expensive. Have better stuff. The brand new MacBook Pros have two video cards in it. It have a, it has a dedicated Nvidia card, and then it has one that uses the you know the shared RAM. Okay, you tell me what Dell. Uh, under a thousand dollars would have something like that. You know what? They don't exist. 
Exactly. And, and the one thing that um, I, I would just have to say is that, you know, is there a cost that's higher than that of buying that HP machine or that Sony Vio? Yes. However, and, and, and you know what? I'm not an Apple fanboy. I, I will tell you, when it comes to buying my next computer, chances are I'll probably, I'm going to probably end up getting another PC just because I'm, I'm not looking to do a whole lot with it. If I want to do more than just browsing, if I want to do more than just checking email, if I want to do more than just streaming Hulu.com or something like that, then sure, I'm probably going to go Mac. But if I'm looking for just something quick and easy to browse email and the web and to type up a word doc, you know, a word processing document on the road, you know, one of those $300 Acer machines is 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 going to do just fine. But let me tell you something. If you told me I could go out and buy something for $1500 or less and get what I want, I guarantee you I'm going to the Apple store or I'll go to Best Buy and I will be able to pick up myself a MacBook computer for under $1,500. And here's the thing. You, you, you can get something that's that's pretty close as far as equivalent to, to iPhoto. You know, you can get uh, Picasso, which is really great. You know, I'm not, I know you're not a big iPhoto fan. Nope. But, but – for a majority of, of normal users, you know, it's it's really really easy to, to manage your photos with it. Same thing with you know GarageBand. If you want to, you know, if you have a guitar, you all of a sudden have a pretty good recording studio for you know making little songs and stuff like that. If if you want to edit video, I don't know if you've ever used Windows Movie Maker, but it's not the great. You know, it's not i iMovie. No, I, but especially there, now. There, I like iMovie's image stabilization is is like industrial light and magic awesome. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like George Lucas type stuff. The, other than the format that comes out of uh, Movie Maker, Windows Movie Maker, I kind of liked the simplicity of Windows Movie Maker to a certain degree. The, the yeah, t- I mean, the timeline. Pretty, yeah, it's, it's it's timeline editing, which you know it. I, iMovie did kind of bring that back in, and once you start using iMovie, I, I really decided to give it a, a good go. And I used iMovie 09 recently um, for, for a project at Share This, and I really started to like it. I, it. All of a sudden, there was some, this aha moment that clicked and said, oh, this is how it works. Right, right. And, and, and once I got it, I was actually editing things way faster than I ever did with iMovie 06. Gotcha. Well, my my feeling on the those um, PC ads is that you know they they have a lot going for you know PCs have a lot going for them, and they well, definitely the, don't need to be trying to take on the Mac. And and well, here's the thing: if they, if they want to take it on on the Mac, here's what they do. And uh, I, I'm I'm going to quote Jason Calacanis for this because what what he said was brilliant. What they need to do is show a family of four and say, "Hey, we want to get a computer for every one of our family. We have two thousand dollars." We can get this MacBook Pro or this iMac, or we can get four netbooks. So, I mean, if they really want to hammer it home, talk about netbooks costing you know, two ninety nine. Granted, they come with Windows XP, which you know Windows XP is a, a good operating system. It's an old operating system. It's an awesome operating system. I would never have another computer Windows based without XP. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> it's you know they're, they're great machines. They're dual core. You know they got uh, Intel Atom processors, which is a great processor. Most of them have 160 gig hard drives, a gig of RAM. Uh, Intel integrated graphics, take it or leave it. It still runs World of Warcraft. That's what I'm running on my MacBook. Yeah, that's what I have on my MacBook too. And you know for 300 bucks, granted, you know you're gonna run Windows. You have you know you have the issues that come with Windows viruses and, and spyware. You know to kind of keep up on that. Yeah. Or you can or you can run Linux, which 
is a pretty cooperating system, but you have to be a nerd. You know, my wife or my mom really couldn't use uh, Ubuntu as well as they can use a Mac operating system. But if they really want to hammer it home, say, okay, these these netbooks, which are really good, cost you know a fourth of of what that laptop costs. But you know, there's also these you know there's a giant asterisk with saying you know you can't do this, you can't do that. There's no optical drive. But you know that that's an angle they could go. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't yet. Yeah, I, I I really am surprised that they haven't gone a different route in the in the PC, the Windows commercials, because th- there there are a lot of benefits to having a PC over a Mac, um, and and nobody talks about any of that stuff. And and I mean, and for me, the biggest thing is that there is simply some software that is available on the PC that don't that's not on the Mac, and you have to actually install you know parallels or VMware mm-hmm. or boot camp and it's like you know it, when it's all said and done it's like they're both computers you know yeah, you and, get one, and, and, and we've we've said for the longest time that you know it's it, it ultimately comes down to what your needs are and, and a personal preference and stuff like that you know my personal preference is a mac i would probably you know if, if by some chance i ever got an epic which i probably wouldn't but if i ever did you know i probably would hack it and put os 10 on it or you know i've played with windows 7 and i, I like it um but I would I probably wouldn't use Windows on it just because I'm weird and different and I have to be the non-status quo. But if you need Windows, you need Windows, you know. Yeah, here here's my thinking. Right now, I currently have a Mac Mini sitting on in, in the studio here, and that Mac Mini only has one job and one job only, nothing else. It is simply to stream video to what to UStream.tv. That's all it's there for. Mm-hmm. For three for for the price of one Mac Mini, I could get two netbooks. Yeah, and I, what I could do is I could get rid of the old, you know, the the very 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 old uh, PC that's down there uh, that I'm talking to you on Skype on. I could take my Mac Mini and I could throw it upstairs and use it as a as a DVR TV device, some multimedia center. And for the same price as one Mac Mini, I could have two of those netbooks for two ninety nine each. One of them dedicated just to streaming video, and yeah. the and the second one dedicated to just skyping. Yeah, and, I think for, I think for the stats of a Mac Mini, it's 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 grossly overpriced. Yeah. So I mean, there are there are, you can go either way, but still for the for the average person today, um, the switch to Mac is easier today than it's ever been before for so many reasons, uh, and that is because, and I really believe this, I think a lot of it is cloud computing. You mm-hmm. know, the days I I haven't used um, Outlook in years. I haven't used. Um, I haven't even used Microsoft Word in forever. It, it's yeah, all, you use Google Docs, right? I'm using Google Docs. I use uh, you know Gmail accounts for businesses. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm cloud computer. I mean, spread all my spreadsheets are and, in Google Docs. And and, that, and that's the thing, really. When it, when it gets down to it, the OS is is for for things like that is irrelevant. I mean, everybody's got the ability to run Firefox or you know whatever. Uh, Firefox is probably the, the the best solution just because it's a common ground over every operating system. But yeah, I mean, it, with all those uh, web apps as you know services or you know software as a service, the operating system, at, at least for a majority of your common tasks, is going to become irrelevant. You know, specialized things like editing video and editing you know 
photos and things like that. Obviously, you need a, a native operating system that can handle that. But for like a majority of your users, let's say your kids, you could give them a netbook and they could do 100% of what they wanted to do. Exactly. Well, and, and even with, you know, WordPress is another one of those things. I, I'm, I can manage and design and everything. Um, I, I, could go to a, uh, I could go to the library and hop on one of their public access computer mm. systems and I could, I could create, design, and, you know, everything that I need to do for a client and have them and build them a website right from the browser. Oh yeah, WordPress is awesome. So, but you know what? I, I think the wheels have, have fallen off the bus on this one, so we need to get back on sure. track. Not a problem. So let's move on to some questions. I, I think we have some questions here. Matthew sent in an email. Yeah. He says, "Hey Cliff and Chris, I have a question. A couple months ago, I formatted my hard drive and did a clean install of Leopard. During mm-hmm. the process of Leopard reinstalling, a window popped up to ask us which, uh, to ask which format." I would like to install. There were three choices. I chose the one that ha- was something according to Mac OS X, uh, which I let's see, which was already chosen, and it was Mac OS X, or OS Extended Case Sensitive Journaled. Now I can't get my new one hundred dollar printer to work that used to work before, <laughs> and being a widget maker, half of the widgets that I download are unable to work. So what is the difference between those choices? Help, I got a Mac. I'll give you the really, really, really simple answer. Okay. When in doubt, the only one you really want to choose is Mac OS X Extended Journaled. Okay, so he chose the right one. No, no, he chose Case. There's, there's, there's oh. Mac OS Extended. There's Mac OS Extended Case Sensitive. And then there's Mac OS uh, Extended Journaled Case Sensitive. Oh. Don't, and then just journal. Don't don't choose any of the case sensitive things, and because that, that, that's really Unixy and a lot of software apps. Um, if they're written in a certain way where they're not case, you know, the 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 the, the, the casing the code on the code yes. on the, yeah on the code is not correct, then it's not going to work right. Gotcha. So and so you don't want anything that's case sensitive. So yeah, when in doubt, just former just um, formatted as Mac OS. Uh, you know, HFS plus, you know, HFS extended journaled. And the reason you want it journaled, uh, and now if you're using an external drive, you don't have to have it journaled, but I like to have all my stuff journaled because that spotlight can can easily search those if they're journaled. Gotcha. Well, uh, let's see here. Now, for Matthew, what, what can he do or what should he do? Should he, since he wants all his widgets and stuff to work, he you think he needs to do a whole backup and then restore a thing and, and reformat the drive? Yeah, it, it unfortunately there's really no way to kind of change that once you've done it. I'll tell you what, man. I I had the biggest, most horrible time getting my my system set up to to install my uh, parallel or my boot camp, but I finally got it. Mm-hmm. But I was I was thinking I had to go through that same process last week. And, and, so, and since we're kind of talking about formatting and stuff like that, I I want to just throw a software recommendation out, and uh and I'm gonna give you a scenario, um. Let's say you've got two Macs. Like I've got two Macs. I've got uh, my work Mac, which actually I'm giving up at the end of the week, and we've got uh, the one that that Emily uses a lot, and it, it's you know it's our, our MacBook. And what I'm going to do is I want to back up all my stuff to an external hard drive, and then have access to it on my wife's computer, and because I'm not going to have this one, and I don't know when I'm going to get another computer. 
and you know, I got you know, World of Warcraft and and all sorts of other stuff on there that I don't want to lose. So the, the, there's a program I want to recommend called Super Duper. Okay, we've probably recommended it before. Uh, it, the, you can you can download it for free. It's fully functional for free. Uh, the only thing it doesn't give you is certain things like scheduling and incremental backups and stuff. The thing that separates us from Time Machine because I was going to use Time Machine to to back this up. And what I decided was to use Super Duper. The reason is I can create a bootable clone of my laptop right now on this external drive. And then all I need to do is take the external drive, hook it up to the original MacBook via FireWire. Now, if you don't have FireWire, like if you bought the new MacBook, I, I think you're kind of out of luck. Um, but you know, all the other ones can do this. I can actually boot off that external hard drive because Super Duper makes that image bootable. And now I have exactly like my laptop on her laptop without taking up any of the space on her hard drive. Nice. Yeah. So I get to retain, you know, my World of Warcraft install and my user settings and all that good stuff. I just retain it on that external drive. And since the internal drive for my MacBook Pro is 250 gig and my external hard drive is a 500, I just... Using disk utility, I split the drive in half. So now I have two drives. Basically, what's well, two drives inside that one drive? You know, you just you just split them down the middle. Right. And one side's just going to be for data and just random whatnots. The other side would, is is the clone of this MacBook Pro, which is the exact same size as the hard drive that's in the laptop. And now I I won't miss anything. So it's it's it was a great solution. It just kind of came to me today as I was driving home, I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to retain some of my settings? Because I want to save some of the stuff, you know, that yeah. I've installed and, and worked on and things like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can use SuperDuper to clone it. So just do a Google search for SuperDuper. It's a great piece of software for, for backing up and making clones of your drives and stuff. Because what's cool about a Mac, since, since Apple makes the hardware and software, you can take any drive image, and it, 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 you know, Intel, um, drive image and it'll work on all the intel Macs. it'll just boot up just fine and just start working same with anything power pc which for a technician is awesome you know you could theoretically if a computer breaks like a mac breaks you just pull the drive out of one and just stick it in any other mac could be a laptop could be a desktop could be an imac could be a macbook pro or a macbook a mac pro it'll just boot up fine and that is awesome that is awesome. Because if you try to do that on a Windows machine, you know, with all the difference in drivers and I mean, let's be honest, it's amazing that Windows even boots up with all the drivers it has to support and different configurations and stuff. If you try to do that on, on a Windows machine, it'll flip out. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, I have another question for you. Sure. This one comes from uh, Chris Ross, and he says, uh, Hey, Cliff, I was surprised to hear my last email read over your program. I didn't expect it. Uh, at, uh, let's see. I didn't expect that. I started listening to your Lost podcast, and, well, I've had to, uh, I have to say, keep up the good work. I haven't had a lot of time to play with my new MacBook, but yet I've been trying to set up new wireless network with the Airport Extreme that I had told you I had bought. Uh, this brings me to my first listener question. I can't get my Windows XP, P, XP desktop PC to recognize my Brother HL2040 laser printer. I, can't, I can get my MacBook to print through the Airport Extreme base station, but I haven't been able to get my PC to recognize the printer with one exception. When my MacBook is powered on and in range, Bonjour will allow me to set up and print, the, uh, print from the PC through the Mac, MacBook's Wi-Fi connection to the printer. 
Uh, let's see here. I've looked through dozens of websites and tried their suggestions and have downloaded drivers for the printer. None of that seems to be to solve the problem. Do you have any other suggestions? Uh, Chris R. First of all, this is not help. I got a PC. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> but seriously, let, let me tell you, um, print, setting up printers in the Mac was probably one of the craziest things um, when I when I got to set up. But let me just share how I have my system hooked up here. I have basically he's got a desktop PC. So the first thing that I'm going to tell you what I did is I made a conscious decision that because the desktop stays in one place, I installed, I have two printers installed on my desktop PC and they're both hooked up, you know, stationary via USB. Mm -hmm. All right. So then what I did is I went into Windows and I went in to pull up the printer and I and I told it to share it. And I said, you know, open, you know, share it openly in my network. And with that, it was a piece of cake for me to go into Bonjour on the Mac and then have it look for any printers out on the network. And of course, it automatically saw the printers that my PC was sharing. And mm-hmm. so that so with that, I'm very easily able to print from the PC directly via USB. Uh, straight to the either one of my printers, either the laser printer or the color printer. And then my Mac wirelessly is connected to the network. And obviously it goes out and it sees all of those. It sees both of those printers that are hooked up to my PC. And uh, my suggestion to you is to not hook it up through the to the port on the the extreme, but instead hook the printer up to the PC and share it out. That's yeah, my suggestion. It, it, it's it's a great idea in theory, and really, if you have an all Mac network, it works great. Printing through the the airport. Now, keep in mind that that's uh, you know the airport only supports a, a certain number of USB printers. I think if you go to their website, you can get a list. Um, but yeah, and the reason is 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 that Bonjour stuff that the the the, the Macs use something called it's an op- it's called Bonjour, but it's really what it is. It's basically it's called zero config. And it automatically sets up all the routing and everything that it needs to do in order to print like that. And it's supposed to work on Windows too, but what I found is when you have a mixed environment, it, it doesn't work real well. Yeah. And and the way you did it setting up, basically what, what you do is you turn that Windows machine into a print server. Yep. And it's always on, and it uses uh, industry standard you know print server stuff that, that the Mac loves, so it'll talk to that, no problem. And really, yeah, that, that's your best your best bet. Uh, I would probably take that airport and you know maybe throw a a USB hard drive on it instead. Yep. Yeah. Make make that a network attached storage. That that would that would be cool too. Alrighty. So very cool. And then um, final thing that I have here in the show notes is uh, our great friend Jeff Gentry, also our GSPN.TV community forum uh, administrator, posted a link to a great resource of thirteen free. Mac OS applications that can make our lives easier. And I want to talk about a, a Mac. Uh, that would, I don't think it's listed on here, but I want to talk a little bit about some software after we go through this. Well, let's go ahead and uh, do that then. Uh, you, go ahead and tell us about the software you want to talk about. Tweety for Mac OS ten. Tweety for the Mac is awesome, and it's only yeah. going to get better. Yeah, I was lucky enough, a little disclosure, I was lucky enough to, to get on the beta, the private beta uh, for it. So I ended up getting a, a full licensed copy. And it's not much difference. I mean, it just throws up ads. You can download it for free. 
It's a little weird uh, when you go to make a new tweet. It kind of busts up a new, uh, a separate pop up window for you to type it out. That was weird to me, and I'm, uh, I'm sure that for I, maybe like the first eight hours. But now it's like whatever, you know, command N, type a tweet, done, done. Yeah. And, the only thing is, I think they they're gonna get rid. Of, they have to get rid of that. I, it still bugs me. Yeah, I think they will. They'll probably bake it all into to the thing though. But it. The interface is awesome. I love being able to just like drill down and see what people are, are tweeting and how it shows their timeline. It's just the interface is super cool. It's very, very Mac-ish. I know when we say very, very Mac-ish, we mean it's just a really, really neat UI. And it's, fu- it's a fun UI to kind of play with and explore. You can, you can do trend searching straight from it. It's, if you like Tweety for the iPhone, you'll love Tweety for, for your, your desktop. It was a, a great idea for, the, for them to do this. Absolutely. I, and my favorite feature is the um, journaling uh, or the threading of conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you actually hit reply on somebody's tweet, you know how it does in reply to, it does a great job of trying to string those together as, as long as people are using the, the reply button, uh, either mm-hmm. in, their, in their third-party solution or on the site. Um, the other thing it does extremely well is it's doing a wonderful job of of threading direct message conversations back and forth. Yeah, it's it, it does everything right, and it's and like you said, it's only going to get better. The 1.0 came out I think like two weeks ago, and they've already updated it three or four times since then. Yeah, and, and uh, the one it's, it's it's great. The the one thing that I think's missing from it is is ping.fm integration. So that just like on the iPhone whenever you create a new p uh, tw- uh, tweet or if you do a retweet, um I would love to see it um go straight to my ping.fm account so that all my other networks get updated. And the other thing is man, I, I wish the person behind Tweety would just get over the via thing. Via at the end yeah. of a tweet drives me crazy because I will not, I cannot even count the number of times that I read a tweet and I'm like, what? And it's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, Chris, if you were to say something that, that is so completely out of character for you, I mean, it's like what Chris wrote that Chris is doing what? And, and then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's not until I get to the end that it says via somebody else. Oh, Chris is trying to tell me that somebody else said that. Yeah, and I it's think like oh, just use RT colon the username and then the tweet. Yeah, I think that'll change. And I'm trying to. I'm just, I just went to, to Tweety on. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Tweety on the iPhone does RT. It does. It, the, it, it, the, it's the an normal. option. You have to go into options, and it's in advanced, and then it's actually in. Um, they call it something. They they said uh, testing phase or something. Hold on, what is the? On uh, uh, Tweety on the desktop. No, no, no. Oh, oh! Are you saying that Tweety on the desktop now does that? No, 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 no. I'm saying okay. Tweety on the iPhone can do it. No, so look, check this out. On the iPhone, I have to actually go to settings. And the, for those of you who have Tweety for the iPhone, if you don't know this, go and do this now, please. Um, so let's see. Tweety for the iPhone, you go into your general settings on your iPhone, then go down to uh, Tweety, then you click advanced, and then you have to go to experimental, and then you can uh, do... Um, uh, RT regurgitation ability. Yes, <laughs> RT regurgitation ability. So the the author of Tweety really hates RT. It, it, it's just obvious that that the author of Tweety hates RT. In fact, I've had ongoing conversations on his on on the blog back and forth with him. And and uh, well, I think though the 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 if the crowd demands it, which they surely are. They have been. Yeah, he'll put it in there. Yeah. Or he or she. I mean, Lauren is the name of the Lauren, developer. Yeah. 
So I don't know if it's a if it's a it, it's one of those names. Nobody that could knows. Be yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. But I'll tell you what it it's an awesome piece of software. Like, like I said, uh, Tweety is one of those apps on the iPhone that if you use Twitter even in the slightest, that it's it's worth the purchase on the. Uh, on the desktop, you don't have to buy it. You know they are supported by ads if you decide not to buy it. And then the, the ads come. It was like tw- a Twitter effect. The ads come maybe once an hour, once every forty-five minutes. They're not really intrusive. They, they no. just look. In like fact, a- there's some some of them are actually darn right uh, interesting. And I found about out about some great iPhone applications as a result. <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. It'll help you spend more money. Exactly. But um, yeah, definitely. I two thumbs up, I guess, from you and I, man. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, definitely. Um, I, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, if you haven't got it yet, if you're, if you're a Twitter holic and you have an iPhone, get Tweety for the iPhone. And I'm not making this promise to you, but if you want me to, I will. Uh, it, but I'm, this, this isn't just a blanket statement to everybody listening to help a Mac, got a Mac, but there have been at least five individuals. I, I said, listen, you go download this application. And if, it's two dollars and ninety nine cents. You use it for twenty four hours. If at the end of twenty four hours you don't like it, you let me know. I'll PayPal you the money. You said that, and you're not even a developer for them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's how much I love it. It's like, just dude, use yeah. this. It, it, I used to, I used to tell people, you know, like if you don't like this record, buy it. If you don't like this album, I'll buy it off you because I know someone who'd want to buy it from me. Yeah, and and, and so it's, I've I've told and and everybody's that that I made that offer to, they all wrote back. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm like, see, <laughs> let me, you know, go and buy it. It's awesome. I, you know, and I, and I don't say that about a lot of things. Trust me. I, I don't tell people to go spend money when they don't have to. And, and, and I know you, you don't like to spend money for iPhone apps anyway. No, not really. They've got to be really, 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 really good. That's exactly right. So let's talk about these uh, applications that Jeff Gentry told us about. And of course, these are linked in the show notes over on episode 71 at gspn.tv slash forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, let's go down the list here. Sketchbox. Have you ever used this? I have not used it. Uh, <laughs> I would probably use Sketchbox if I used a, a, one of the tablets, like the, the, I always mispronounce it. It's Wacom or Wacom tablets. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Brian, who's, I think, is in our chat room, he, he uses a tablet because like, he's like a ninja at Photoshop. And you know, if, I, if I had a tablet, I would probably use that just because you can sketch things, but I doubt I would ever use it. Gotcha. It, it, basically, it is a sticky notes manager for your Mac. Uh, and, and all of these software tools that we're going to be telling you about real quick here, um, all of them are free. And so this is great stuff, great resource for those of you who are looking for some, some freeware for that brand new Mac you just bought. Snap and drag lets you take a screenshot just by clicking a button and dragging the resulting screenshot uh, screenshot off. Uh, basically, if you want an email a screenshot, you would just drag the screenshot from Snap and Drag over to the mail application, and it's attached and ready to go. You just type hmm. in who it goes to. That's okay. called uh, Snap and Drag, great for screenshots. What's cool. Bean? Bean's a small, easy-to-use word processor. It looks like a really kind of scaled-down, you know, maybe like uh, text edit with a little bit more features. I, I, would, uh, I would go a little further and say uh, maybe a WordPad. You know the free word processor processor that comes on the PC. Yeah, now Mac does come. The OS 10 does come with a pretty. Uh, it's it's very simple, but it's it'll get it'll get the job done called text edit. But Bean looks like you know if it's free, you might as well download it because it's probably better than than what 
you know comes with the the Mac. Yeah, I think it gives you a little bit of more format i think it's more like a rich text uh editor you can put in some images and stuff like that can mm-hmm. you can you put images into text edit i think so yeah and, and do some formatted with formatting with columns and stuff uh no not really when you start getting into that you want uh to get a dedicated word processor yeah. it looks like you know for the price shoot it can't hurt to download this yeah be- beans free but the only th- the only thing i will say uh you know try it out if that if that's something that'll work for you if you use word processing very little if you use word processing a lot, then my suggestion is to either go ahead and get Pages, which comes with iWork, and it's, what, mm-hmm. 79 bucks or something? Yeah, for Keynote, if you do any presentations and you want to be like a ninja guy in your office or gal, you know, and everybody's using PowerPoint, yeah, spend 79 bucks. You, you get Pages, you get Numbers, which is a pretty good word, uh, Excel spreadsheet type thing. You know, it, It's not as complex as Excel, but it does make some pretty pictures. And... Um, yeah, for the seventy nine bucks, you get three those three programs, and it's it's pretty good price. Yeah, but if if you don't want to spend seventy nine bucks, there there's Open Office and some other stuff. But Bean mm-hmm. may be something you're interested in. Now, let's just say if you had a pocket PC. Now, before I had an iPod, I was using a pocket PC for for my organizer and everything like that. Yeah, course, I used to have a Dell a Dell Axum. Exactly. Now, one of the things you'll recognize is it may be difficult moving over to the Mac to sync your pocket PC or your Windows mobile device um, with your Mac and all the applications on it. Well, SyncMate is a free and easy to use synchronizer for Mac and pocket PC that will help you keep all your documents and text messages, contacts, calendar entries and all that other stuff well organized. And that works with iPhoto, Mail, uh, iCal, uh, some folder stuff, contacts, bookmarks, really great uh, free uh, service there. Mm-hmm. What is Caffeine? Yeah, Caffeine is a cool little app that does one thing, and that's to prevent your computer from going to sleep or dimming ah. the screen. Or So if, you know, if you're like, because I'll use Handbrake, uh, which is another great free program to back up my DVDs, uh, my video DVDs for fair use. And, you know, if I don't, I obviously don't want my Mac to go to sleep because then, you know, the whole job is ruined. So you can use caffeine. If you've got power settings on your computer where it normally goes to sleep and you should, I mean, you know, if you're no one, if it's not being used, it might as well go to sleep and save you some power somewhere on the drive. Be a little green. Well, that and, you know, your hard drives are constantly, you know, your hard drive is constantly spinning. And, you know, when it goes to sleep, it does stop and, you know, you know, save it maybe. And but if if there's something that you're doing where you need that computer not to sleep or dim it or anything like that, caffeine is a little program you can download, and it puts an icon on the right side of your menu bar, and uh, all you need to do is click it, and it will keep it from going to sleep. Very cool. MacLock is the perfect solution for busy work environment as well as home, where wandering hands can create bothersome reduction in productivity. This simple application activates the fast user switching feature built into Mac OS X. Uh, after clicking on Mac lock, it will appear you've logged out. However, upon returning, uh, upon entering your username and password, all open documents and applications will be right there where you left them. So this is kind of neat. It, it's kind of logging you out, but necessarily it's keeping all your applications up and running. <laughs> Mac lock. It sounds like it's saying Matlock. No doubt. All right. Carbon <laughs> copy cloner. Um, we pretty much already told you to go with super duper instead of that one. 
Yeah, Carbon Copy Clone is pretty good. There were some issues when Leopard first came out of it, it causing some issues. But no, Carbon Copy Clone is a great one too. Okay. It's free as well. But I, I just like Super Duper because it, yeah, it makes it bootable and it, it's cool. So Very cool. Eversave is a clever tool which allows you to save all your documents, if possible, in a specific, specific time interval. A specific. A specific. A specific time interval by changing the uh, let's see the frontmost application. This means more, no more data loss if applications crash. Now this is a cool idea. Um, I've had it. You know, I, you you kind of take for granted uh, Microsoft and, and other applications like you know Word and things like that having an auto save feature if you're idle. So let's say you're working on a document, you go up to get a beverage or or whatever. When you come back, there's a really good chance that that, that, that application has automatically saved that document. Um, so if in the event of a crash or, or you know you lose power or something, when you reboot um, or restart the application, there's a recovered version of that file in there. For things like Photoshop, uh, where really you should be saving every 10 minutes or so, um, if, if you're working on a document and it crashes, you're out of luck, buddy. And... Um, that's happened to me be- just because I always think about that Odyssey feature and I don't think about um, it not working on other things. I've lost quite a few documents in Photoshop that I've worked hours and hours and hours on because it doesn't autosave. So it looks like this application will do that in intervals uh, that you predetermine. So this is a really, really cool little free app. And somebody in the chat room says, did Cliff just say Mac OS X? And I he th- did. I think, <laughs> what's the difference? It's Mac OS ten. Oh, isn't it? Doesn't ten mean X? X mean ten? I don't. Uh, anyway, it's interchangeable. But yeah, Mac OS ten is the official way. Of is it but like Mac OSX? Yeah, we've had people say <laughs> back at the Apple Store that was like one of our like rubs. People go, "I want one of them computers with Mac OS X, uh, OS S, OS S X," and it's like, oh, nice. Yeah, OS 10. All right, so Vienna uh, is a freeware application for RSS Reader. I will just tell you to go to reader.google.com personally, but you know if you want it locally on your hard drive, uh, and, and that way you can open it up on the airplane and, and read the stuff that's been downloaded or synced uh, via, that, um, via the reader, that would be a good option as well, I guess. I just cannot get into using a, a, an RSS Reader. Yeah, I, my problem is that I, I keep I end up continuing to subscribe to way too much, and then about once every three months I go and I just cl- declare bankruptcy and I unsubscribe from everything, and then usually say, okay, I'm only going to follow this productivity blog or this, you know, this or yeah. that. Yeah, I, I believe it or not, I just use I'm, I guess I'm kind of old school. I just use iGoogle and just syndicate RSS feeds to that. Yeah, and if you know if it's not in the top six sites that I read, then you know, I'll, I'll see it on the Twitter. Unarchiver, have you ever seen that? No, but Unarchiver uh, is a much, according to this, is a much more capable replacement for bombarchivehelper.app. And Mac OS X comes built in with a, an, an unarchiving tool. So if you have a zip file, um, it'll, you know, it'll open it up. And really, it only handles zip files for the most part. It doesn't handle uh, things like stuff it, or uh, RAR, which are st- stuff that is kind of what the Mac version of Zip was for the longest time. 
And there's still some people who use that. And there's RAR, which is mainly used on, on Windows. There's also things called tarballs and, and things like that, which are more Unix things. And this, un- this um, unarchiver does a lot more formats like that. Uh, you know, there's also cab files on Windows and, and DMG files and stuff like that. So Very this cool. is a, this is a better program though to to peek inside those files. Yeah, and and that that's more for an advanced user than anybody out there brand new to the Mac. So mm-hmm. give, give yourself a little time, maybe a couple six to eight months before you start diving into that one. Right. All right, App Cleaner. Uh, I don't like App Cleaner. I've heard a lot about it, but I I I just don't understand. You know, the idea or the thought of of stripping out unwanted pieces of of an application if i download something uh you know i just want to keep it all together yeah the the, the the thought is is that you could you know not not this program but a lot of apps will have support for both power pc and intel processors and if you have one or the other in theory you could be able to strip out you know the unsupported processor and save a bunch of space yeah a bunch of space is like you know what 10 megs five megs yeah it's like doing it's like going you know what we can cut this part out of your body you really don't need two kidneys but you know i can't guarantee that we're not going to run into some complications so uh, you know what storage space is cheap that's all i gotta say that yeah absolutely I, I personally, I, I've heard of people, and it's very rare, but I have heard of people when they strip out, you know, the Power PC stuff that's included in those app files, you know, and those DMGs or whatever the ha- case may be. You know, the, the I've heard of cases where where the the remaining stuff did not work properly afterwards, mm-hmm. and so it, don't, you know, t- just get yourself make sure you got a good hefty hard drive. Exactly. All right. What is Folks? F O L X. I've never heard of it until I saw it tonight. Uh, Folks is a free downloader for Mac OS X. Helps you download files of any size. Um, it supports auto resuming and guarantees maximum speed possible. I so what it does? So what it does? If you're downloading, yeah, if you're downloading a large file, a lot of times the server will only allow you have, in theory, one connection to download that. What, what this program will do is it'll open up multiple requests to download that file or download the same file from multiple sources, kind of like BitTorrent, right. but not. You know, this is for downloading just you know, stuff off of a server, and it'll piece it back together. If something happens during a download, you, know, it, you have to you know, leave, and you have to take your laptop with you or, or whatever. You can pause it and then resume it, which is really, really nice. You know, if you're downloading a huge file... Um, you know, like some of those patches in, in games and stuff that are hundreds and hundreds of megs, you know, this will allow you to, to pause it and resume it. So, yeah, it's very, very cool. Absolutely. And, and I think if you were where I was doing something recently, I was installing uh, or downloading a ISO version of uh, Linux. Mm-hmm. And those are huge files. And, you know, oh, if you, yeah, you get about half... If you get a halfway through the download on that thing and then all of a sudden it, it, you lose your connection... Having something that would auto restart that, so you know, kind of where you left off, is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I got back into World of Warcraft again. Yeah, <laughs> because I, 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 I like torturing myself. But yeah, man, it took all day to update that. Well, guys, this has been another episode of Help. I got a Mac. Very happy with the content that we provided for you today. I think that uh, there's a little bit of something for everybody in the Mac universe. 
Even in the Windows universe. Even in the Windows universe. We even helped you share your printers on the Windows. That's how good we are, Cliff. <laughs> I'll tell you. Chris, thank you for that, by the way. And I was I hope you understand. I was just kidding when I said this isn't help. I got a PC. <laughs> but anyway, uh, folks, if you want to contribute to this show, there are several ways you can do that. We need your questions. This is help. I got a Mac. We're here to help you understand things. So if you need a certain piece of software uh, for us to recommend to you, if you are looking for how to get something to work right, uh, you're running into issues, uh, you're just not able to figure out how in the world do you do the right click with that one mouse button, then this is the place to call. You call us at area code 859 795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And of course, you can always always email us as well. And Chris, what's that email address? Feedback at gspn.tv. And of course, we invite you to follow us on Twitter. We would love to connect with you online. I'm at twitter.com slash gspn. And Chris, you're over there at twitter.com slash biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G, correct? You are correct. And have you got a new job yet? Not yet. All right. I got an an interview tomorrow, though, so fingers crossed. All right. Well, we'll keep praying for the interview to go well. And if anybody's interested in making a better offer than what might come out of the interview tomorrow, how can they contact you to say, hey, Chris, I want you to work for me? Absolutely. I also do freelance work. So if you want, you know, screencasts or whatever like that, I'm I'm open to that kind of stuff, too. Just shoot me an email at chris at biting.org. B-E-I-T-I-N-G dot O-R-G. All right, folks, that's all we have for this week. Thank you for listening and staying subscribed. Be sure to tell somebody else about helpigotamac.com. If you want to make sure that you get every single episode, for those of you who are listening live, go to gspn.tv slash plus. And for those of you who are plus members, thank you. You make our world go round. Yes. Until next time, join the community. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.